0: Hello, hello, and welcome back. This week is a special episode as we have an amazing guest expert joining us. We've got Sarah Chipchinski, a multi-passionate toddler mama, army officer and entrepreneur who has more than fifteen years of leadership experience in everything from business to politics and nonprofit to the military. After years of successfully checking boxes and leading the way, she was told she had to. She realized that the uncomfortable knot in the pit of her stomach was not normal or healthy. On paper, she was a great leader, but in her heart, she knew she had work to do. Sarah started to focus on knowing herself, knowing her vision, and knowing her team, and is now a top leader in her organization and actually enjoys growing her people. Now, as a leadership coach and the host of the Beyond Leadership podcast, which I can personally vouch for is amazing, and you should check out her episodes as well. Her goal is to help you break through the expectations placed on you so that you can lead with authenticity and in alignment with who you are. Sarah, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Chrissy. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I am so excited to dig into your own story because personally, it's fascinating to me how you went from the military and all of that into what you do today. And also Mm -hmm. I have listened to many of the episodes on your podcast and there's so much juiciness to it. So I'm excited to see where this conversation leads us.
1: Yes, I'm, I'm pumped. I, you know, as I'm listening to you, like read back my bio, every time I hear it, it's like, oh, like if I was having a moment of doubt, like, you know, you're, you're pretty all right, Sarah. (laughs)
0: You're pretty awesome, Sarah. You're pretty all awesome. right. I'm all right. <laughs> okay. So let's just kick on off. Can you tell us a little bit more of your journey, how you went from a very regimented world of do as you are told and don't ask questions into this life of of the multi-passionate and doing all the things that you're doing on a daily basis?
1: Yeah. So let's start back at the beginning of my military career. Um Actually, as we are recording this, today is my one-year anniversary of being a major in the United States Army. Um, I've, thank you. I've been an officer since 2011. I enlisted in 2010. Um, and if you have any experience with the military you know, that is very regimented and very like, this is how you will do the things, right? That's what basic training is for. They break you down to build you up and make you uniform to do things the way that they want you to do it. So I went to basic training. I went to officer candidate school. I became a lieutenant and I was doing all the things. I was checking all the boxes. I had some goals. I had some aspirations. I had always wanted this one position, this one very specific position it was a command job and i was finally selected for it and so i was literally on my way out the door like from my one job to my next position where i was going from leading a team of like 7 to leading an entire company of 119 people
0: oh my goodness
1: and on my way out my my mentor Pulls me into his office and here I am like expecting the at a girl conversation, like go get him, killer. And instead what he told me was, I am worried about you going to this new position because I don't know that you know how to lead at this level.
0: Ooh, not what you're expecting. Okay.
1: Not what I was expecting. So I did right? what any self-respecting woman does. I clenched my butt cheeks, quickly walked to my car and cried. Yep. (laughs) Cursed his name. A lot. and <laughs> It's funny because now like he works literally and down the hall from me. Um, cursed his name up and down. Like, how could he possibly say this about me? I was selected for this position. This is what I wanted. But as I started to think more about it, I was like, oh snap. He's right. Like I have spent the past however many years checking boxes to get to this place. I have done what I was told to do because it was the quote unquote right thing to do. And I don't like the way that I'm perceived and the way that I lead because it's not natural. It's not comfortable. I've been hiding who I am. I was a very different person when I put on my uniform versus when I was at home or when I was running my business because at the time I was also a leader in a network marketing company. Mm Completely different people, right? There was Sarah May, the super excited network marketing leader, and then there was Captain Chipchinsky, the person who's going to get it done, mm-hmm. and then there was this like cute little demure wife, mm-hmm. and none of it was authentic. So I cried again, right? Because <laughs> because that's what highly emotional people do when they're alone, How and I really, <laughs> yeah, I really started to dig into leadership, like who do I want to be? Like, what do I want to be known for? What do I want to do as a leader? And I realized that the first step was that I I needed to do that personal work Mm -hmm. because at my core, I am a person who cares about people. And that wasn't what I was projecting in the military. And it wasn't what I was projecting in my business, right? In my business, it was about month end numbers. And in the military, it was about checking the boxes and getting to the next position. None of it was good. So I I started doing that, started doing that internal work and realized that I need to know myself, know my vision for my life, and then and only then can I know and take care of my people.
0: Ooh, okay. Those are big questions, right? Like who are yeah. you? How do you want to be perceived? <laughs> How, how did you actually go about doing that? Like, those are excellent questions, but how did you go about doing
1: that? Right. I think of like, you know, the, the scene in the Lion King where Rafiki asks Simba, like, who are you? I love <laughs> like, that. And it was a question I asked myself every day. I was like, who are you? Who is Sarah? Like, what does not Captain Chipchinsky, not sales director, this not like wifey wife that. Who are you? And like I said, I'm a I'm a person that cares deeply about people. Okay, so how can I how can I express that in a way that feels natural? And how can I use that in my career? It was a lot of journaling, which years ago I thought was a hokey BS thing. <laughs> right, because how does journaling help you check boxes? It doesn't. Nope. Oh, I was very I was very big on goal setting, but I was setting goals that I never achieved because, shocker, didn't actually want those things to happen. And I just, you know, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? So I did this exercise. I hired my very first coach um, and she had me do this exercise. It was a journaling exercise. On the first time I did it, not going to lie, I was like, Kelly, why are we doing this? (laughs) Because what she said was, You know, sit down with your journal, figure out what you want your life to look like in 10 years. And it's something that I know Rachel Hollis teaches and my coach Kelly Brock teaches, um, but it's this 10-year vision. And it's not like, I want to have the shiny car. I want to have this position. I want to live in this house. It's when you wake up in the morning, what do you feel? How do the people in your life feel about you? Like, What kind of coffee are you drinking? What kind of clothes are you wearing? What kind of person are you becoming in the next nine years and 364 days to get to that 10-year vision? So I did it because it was my homework assignment. And it was like, I want to be at this rank and I want to have this many people on my team. Super superficial. Mm -hmm. And she told me like straight up, not good enough. I was like, why am I paying you? Why am I paying you to tell me to journal? (laughs) I I could have gone on Instagram and had somebody else tell me to journal. Why am I paying you? So I did it again. And I did it a third time in a span of like, I don't know, probably six weeks. And from the first time to the third time that I wrote this 10-year vision, literally nothing was the same. Yeah. Nothing. And the third time I was writing it, I went back and I read it and I bawled. This is right a, a common theme with I me. I cried because that's what I do. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, so this is what I want out of my life. I want to focus on my son. I want to focus on building leaders, whether that was in my business or whether that was in the military. I want to focus on my health because I was not in a good place like Physically, mentally, or emotionally, as evidenced by all the crying. Um, Not that crying is unhealthy, still do it a lot, but it's a much healthier cry now. Um, And I went through and I just picked out these common themes and I was like, okay, this is who Sarah is. And when I figured out who I am, I figured out what I wanted my vision to be. I started to figure out, okay, this is who I can become. And these are the small steps I can take to. Achieve that 10 year vision, not goals necessarily. But like, who do I get to show up as today? What are the small changes? And Chrissy, I'm telling you, literally, everything in my life changed. Everything.
0: The power that comes from actually knowing who you are and putting that as a priority and not. As a fellow highly ambitious, very checkbox oriented woman, instead of focusing on that and really realizing like you are the most important piece before all the other stuff, is a whole it's a whole change. It's a whole thing. Like it's a whole life-changing decision.
1: Yeah, and it's so much more than like, you know. If you're on social media, you see like, oh, the Enneagram and Mm -hmm. what's your human design and what's your Myers-Briggs personality type. And I can rattle off, I can tell you I'm an Enneagram six wing five uh, projector human design, uh, SC disc personality with a whatever. Mm -hmm. But what does it mean and how are you using it? Because if I just rattle off all these like letters and numbers, it's like, cool. She took a bunch of tests. (laughs) (laughs) She's still not (laughs) self-aware.
0: Like, is she integrating it though? Is she using it for her own self and not just another label?
1: Right. So like, okay, I'm an Enneagram six. If you follow the Enneagram, that means like, I am a high functioning anxiety person. Cool. What can I do to harness that and to get some good out of it? Well, one, I could start therapy, (laughs) which was amazing one of the best choices of my life, that turns out journaling. Um, But like, what can I do with it? How can I understand how I operate so that I know what I need to do moving forward to live my best life? And I know that sounds super cliche, like, I want to live my best life. But isn't that why we're here? Like, don't we all want to live our best life?
0: I agree. That's definitely We're not here for the titles or the accomplishments or the, like, look at the really cool thing that I just did. We're here to just be ourselves and to grow and to evolve into who we're supposed to be.
1: hmm Absolutely.
0: I love how all of this, like, everything that you're talking about with the journaling and the therapy and the crying and just being who you are, it's, yes, we're talking authentic leadership. But it first has to be authentic. It first has to be you. Yes. And authentic then, self. Right. Leadership, leading is an aspect of you. But again, like you said, the wife, the commander, the sales leader, it, it's just a. It's an aspect of who you are. I really love mm-hmm. that you focused on that.
1: Yeah. It was – I am not going to lie. It was – very difficult, and sometimes I still find myself regressing back. Um, I, I mentioned a couple minutes ago, like it's the one year anniversary of when I got promoted. Now I'm, you know, secretly in the back of my mind thinking, okay, what do I need to do? What time hacks do I need to hit? What positions do I need to get in order to make my next promotion?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because that's a thing in the army. That is, there's there is an army box, and that's how things work. But at the same time, I'm not doing it for the, the next rank. I'm doing it because of the impact that I know I will be able to make when I get there and the impact I know I will be able to make along the way.
0: That is a huge distinction that I think a lot of people miss is it's the, it's still you first. It's still (laughs) what you get to do, but it's how you're helping people. Like you Mm -hmm. said, you're very much people oriented, not the What's the superficial shit that I get to receive at the end of it?
1: Mm -hmm. Because I know when I hit this next rank, I'll be able to not just lead one company of 119 people, but I'll be able to lead four or five companies of 119 people as a battalion commander. I know that my son will see his mom as a total badass leader.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he will.
1: And... These are the things that I want other people to see because I want other people to know that it's possible for them too. Mm-hmm.
0: I think, and we're not gonna go into the whole like managing versus leading, it's 2022. If you don't understand the difference, go find some really great Forbes or Harvard Business Review articles. But I think that's a really big thing too is part of being a leader, especially for you, it sounds like your authentic leadership is to role model what's available, role model mm-hmm. the potential. So can you share a little bit more on, because at the beginning you said that there's there's sales leader you, there's coach you, there's army you, there's wifey, there's mama. How does your leadership change between all of that and how does it now feel authentic to you?
1: Right now in the place that I'm in, it actually doesn't change that much when I move from thing to thing, which I love. I mean, so my my language needs to change because I can't talk to my four year old about security cooperation agreements. <laughs> Fair. Enough. Um, and it's probably not appropriate for me to talk to my soldiers about why it's important to wipe after you poop, mm-hmm. right? for
0: example. I like it. <laughs>
1: Listen, these are the conversations that we have right now. <laughs> it's very important. Um, take it or leave it. That's my advice for the day. <laughs> but so the language changes, but how I show up doesn't change. Um, I still try my very best to be calm. And to be collected, but also not let people think that I don't have emotions. Because for the longest time, I just, you know, you're know, you not allowed to have emotions. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to let people see that. Hence the, the clenching of the butt cheeks and running to the car and crying instead of like thinking about it, internalizing it and asking the question like, okay, sir, what makes you say that and how can I improve? two different outcomes Mm -hmm. would have occurred. I I chose the the hide your emotions one. Um, And I'm really glad I did the work because there have been times and places where it has been necessary now in the military for me to show those emotions. Um, So I went to that next assignment and I took command of that unit and we had some significant issues come up. Um, You know, it was like high rates of suicidal ideations, allegations of sexual harassment, things that you don't want in any organization that you're in. But for an organization like the military are extremely difficult to overcome because you are supposed to be able to trust these people literally with your life. Mm -hmm. And if you can't trust them with your body, how can you trust them with your life? Right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, These things came up and I realized there were two ways I could handle it, right? I could get up and I could say, this is not how we do things. This is unacceptable. This will stop immediately. Do you understand? Good. But I chose the route of going, hey, let's sit down and have a conversation. These are the things that have come up. I hate that this is coming up, but I want you to know that I am here for you. I am a human first. Yes, I am your commander, but I am here to support you. Mm. And I want to do that however I can. And we had an open conversation about where these things were coming from. We got people the help that they needed and we did some investigations and got rid of some bad apples. And the climate of that unit completely changed. Because I was vulnerable enough. And I, I cried during that conversation. Yeah, you did. <laughs> of course I did. I was sitting up there in front of all these people going, I hate this. This is not what I want for you. Because mm-hmm. it broke my heart. But I was finally confident enough in myself and in my leadership abilities that I could be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And because I was vulnerable, they were vulnerable. So I do that with my soldiers. I do that with my kiddo. He is four. We have arguments. I don't know why I argue with a (laughs) four-year-old. It is pointless. But instead of like getting really frustrated, I try my best Mm -hmm. to stop and say, okay, buddy, mommy's getting very frustrated. I'm going to go to the other side of the room. And when we both cool down, we can talk. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm not going to leave you. I'm not angry at you but we both need to like take deep breaths. Okay. And we come back together and let's talk about our feelings. And he can tell me like, mommy, I was angry at you too. I'm like, cool. Let's talk about why we were angry. Well, I was angry because you said brush your teeth. And I was like, cool. I was angry because I'm trying to teach you the importance of brushing your teeth. (laughs) And you just wanted to play Paw Patrol.
0: I was angry because one day you will understand that I was right, but it's- I don't want the dental bill. (laughs) Priorities. I uh
1: (laughs) I don't want the dental bill. (laughs) But like, right. So same thing, being vulnerable, letting them, whether it's my soldiers, my son, my coaching clients, or the audience on my podcast, like being vulnerable, being open, letting them know I am here for you. And my emotions are mine and I will deal with them and your emotions are yours and and we can deal with those too. But that is the way, at least from my perspective, that you grow people and you grow leaders. Mm-hmm. Like I always say, I'm, I'm not raising a four-year-old. I'm raising someone who is going to be a contributing member of society, like a, an emotionally aware future grown-ass man.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the goal there's so much there like you're just so good and I love that whole thing that you talked about of one the core of who you are as a leader because it's so such a big part of who you are like you as an essence are a leader very much here to like help shift everything but it doesn't change like your core doesn't change it stays authentic regardless of who or the situation or the environment and there's power in the vulnerability you talk about the crying and the tears and it turning from being an unhealthy expression to a healthier expression and it's okay like we are told especially as well men and women but as women that it's unprofessional to cry in the workplace
1: like we're too emotional
0: right like I can't tell you the amount of times that I have cried in front of previous male supervisors and I think that part of the tears were because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. I shouldn't be feeling this way, right? There's like that guilt and that that comes up. But there's power in the vulnerability of it. There's power in showing, I love the example that you gave with with your group at work that you're allowed to be a human first. Being a leader, stepping into that leadership, whether you work for yourself, whether you work for someone else, military, whatever it is, Stepping into that role is, again, just stepping more into yourself in a different capacity. It doesn't change the fact that you're human. And there's so Mm -hmm. much. You said that when you get to the next battalion command, your son will look up to you and be like, my mom's a badass. Sunshine, he's looking at you now just without the vocabulary (laughs) to think, oh, my gosh, my mom is a badass. Like, look at the amazing (laughs) things that she's doing already. Just to that's you, like the best thing you
1: could ever tell me
0: you are you are already showing him and everyone else what you're doing and it's you are making contributing <laughs> contributing grown-ass people into society to be emotionally <laughs> and mentally aware like there's that's all we can do that's
1: all we can do that's all we can hope for <laughs>
0: <laughs> the basics we just want to go back to basics of being good human beings
1: when did we lose that?
0: <laughs> I
1: can't. It's probably about that. the time we learned to vote.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yes. I've got one more question, at least that we kind of talked about beforehand, mm-hmm. but again, we'll evidence in the conversation. What are, as we talk about authentic leadership, as we talk about finding who you really are and prioritizing that? You already gave us so many great tips and they will be detailed in the show notes. So don't worry if you like didn't have pen and paper, though you should be prepared. Come on, guys. Um, what, are, <laughs> um, what are a couple of tips that you have in addition to journaling or to, to re-emphasize journaling to step into your evolving authentic leadership as things change in your life, as situations, your business, et cetera. All of that changes. How can entrepreneurs and women still be authentic to themselves?
1: I think it all comes down to starting with figuring out and knowing at your core what your priorities are. So like sit down and make a list of the things that are important to you. you can call it journaling, call it making a list, whatever you want. <laughs> um, but making that list of things that are important to you and then looking at that list and saying, okay, what is – What is a priority? Mm -hmm. And then figuring out like, okay, am I making this a priority because my husband says it should be? Or because my upline in my business says it should be? Or because Mm. my sister says this is the next thing that I should do in my life? Or because I'm feeling some sort of societal pressure? If that's the only reason you're prioritizing something, here's what's going to happen. You're going to work at it, maybe, for a little bit. You might even check it off the list, right? Check that box, hit that goal, but you're going to become resentful. And the better chances you aren't going to hit that goal because it's not something you actually give a damn about. For so long in my network marketing business, I would make my yearly goal poster, right? And it would have the same thing on it. I'm going to earn the car. I'm going to earn the car. I'm going to earn the car for several years, you guys. Several years. And I finally like, I was like, why do I keep putting this on here? Like, this is not, this is not a priority for me. Mm-hmm. This isn't, this is something that my upline keeps telling me I should want. That the Instagram feed of my company keeps telling me I should want, but I, I don't want that. I don't want to put the effort toward that. Okay. So what can I put the effort toward? And I reprioritized my priorities right now are my family my health, physical, mental, emotional, and raising other leaders. And if it does not fall into one of those three categories, maybe I'll get to it, maybe I won't. But those are the things that are important to me right now. And when you find those things, make time for them. Because you can talk up and down that something is a priority. You can say, you know, for a very long time, I would say, you know, my, my faith is a priority and I haven't been to church since Christmas of 2019. And I can blame that on the pandemic and I can blame that on a lot of different things, but it wasn't a priority. So I took it off my priority list because it just made me feel like crap that I had this priority that I wasn't accomplishing or doing anything with. Do I still talk to God? Yes. That's part of my my mental, emotional, spiritual health, but like going to church every Sunday is not a priority. So why do I say it is? My network marketing business, not a priority. So why was I saying for years that it was? If it is a priority, if you truly in your gut want something to be a priority, you will make time for it. Right? Sounds like relationship advice. If he really loves you, he'll make time for you. Mm-hmm. If you really prioritize something, you will make time for it. Life and relationship advice.
0: <laughs> so many good nuggets throughout this. So whole many. Day. And I agree with everything that you're saying because one, there's the implicit, you didn't directly say this handful of priorities. This is not a checklist of we've got 20 different things that have a priority. No, no. Like really get down to the not superficial, important things that you make time for, that you are being called to do, that you're being pulled to do. And also that make you feel good. Your priorities Mm -hmm. should not make you feel less than. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that for myself personally, that that has been something that took me probably way longer than it should have to learn that lesson of, I, similar to you with the car. I was like, my health, my health, my specifically my weight. I was like, my, my weight is a priority. It has ramifications for autoimmune disease, yada, yada. But it wasn't. When I focused on it, it made me feel less than. When I focused on it, Mm -hmm. it made me feel bad about the things that I wasn't doing, guilty and ashamed. Whereas now in this phase of my life, I'm like, no, like my actual physical self is a part of my health, right? It's mental, emotional, spiritual, like you said, and physical. So now I'm excited about it. Now I feel good Mm -hmm. about carving out time to tell the husband, hey, I'm biking right now. Like, go away. I'm going to put on trashy TV and bike for half an hour. Yes, and it and it's it's different, right? It hits different when it's actually connected, mm-hmm. and you get excited and you feel good about it. Doesn't mean it's not not hard, right? Like, do I always want to bike seven eight miles?
1: No, but it, no, I want to eat the damn chips, right?
0: I just the chips are not my thing. My thing is sweets and chocolate, like just oh
1: chips and queso for life.
0: <gasps> okay, so. I, I am. This is totally an important tangent. I am with you, except that Rhode Island does not understand what queso is. So it does Ugh. not exist within the entire state. <laughs> Otherwise, I totally feel you. <laughs> yeah,
1: so, but I want to go back to this, right? So you say you had been, and I'm using air quotes here for everyone who can't see us, you were prioritizing your, your weight and weight reduction, I assume. Mm-hmm. But you weren't, but you tied it to something more important. So if you know something is important, because I did the same thing. And I think a lot of women specifically do this with their weight. Mm -hmm. I was focusing on like the number needs to be smaller. The number needs to be smaller. The number needs to be smaller. It doesn't. And here's why. What I really want is to not have my knees hurt when I go for a walk with my kid. Mm -hmm. What I really want is to be able to run around on the playground with him and not have to sit down because I'm out of breath. What I really want is to keep up with my soldiers when we do a two-mile run. Mm -hmm. That's what's important, not the number on the scale. So if if you know something is important or should be prioritized, and you keep saying like, oh, my my weight or oh, my health. Why? Because that's the priority. Being able to keep up with your kid is the priority. Being able to show him a mom who is passionate and healthy and has control over her life. That's the priority. Not a number on a scale. Mm-hmm.
0: And when you can, I love how you said tie it into something bigger, tie it into something that gets you lit up. That's the whole thing going back to the beginning when you talked about setting your 10-year plan and then taking the small steps. We have this big, giant 10-year plan. You're not going to all of a sudden overnight hit whatever those goals were that you marked, but it's taking action on it. It's tying it to something bigger. I lo- I loved that your coach was like, nope, not, not good enough. Go back.
1: Not good enough. Like,
0: it wasn't tied to what was really important. It wasn't tied to what Sarah – Wanted it was tied to what Sarah thought she was supposed to want. Mm -hmm. When we talk about priorities and leadership and authenticity, it's about then actually doing the stuff, doing the stuff that ties to your priorities, because that in itself is prioritizing them. That in itself is actually taking care of yourself and stepping into your leadership of yourself. We're not just leaders Mm -hmm. for others, we are leaders of ourselves.
1: Yeah. And I would argue you can't lead others without first leading yourself. Yeah. Can't do it. Won't work. Mm-hmm. If you aren't going somewhere, where are they going to follow you?
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh, you are dead on. Where are they going to follow you? And also someday someone will catch you. Someone will realize mm. you're not showing up authentically They will trust you less. Your credibility goes down and they just have less faith in their own selves then. Because if they've been following this leader who's not actually authentic and isn't showing up with any kind of vision, then what the hell have I been doing?
1: Mm -hmm. And you might think it's not obvious, but it is. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) They they know. People are not dumb. (laughs) No. They're not dumb.
0: It's the little things of like the faces that we make without realizing it or the eye rolls. Like the,
1: the tone of your voice,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could stay on here all day and just talk about this <laughs> and go back and forth. But I'm not going to hold you up. I'm not going to hold the listener just up as we just go off on tangents. But is there anything else that you want to share with us around authentic leadership, stepping into who you are, showing up as yourself, or really anything else that you want to share with us today?
1: I think one of the first best places to start, other than your priorities, um, when you're once you figure out who you are and you're trying to figure out how to lead, is to really figure out what your strengths are. Mm. Um, and I've got some some great book recommendations. I've got a a program that I can shoot you over the info and you can put it in, but I love working with people to figure out their strengths. So important. People think that they have to do everything, 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 everything. And that's just not the case. Put your effort because right. You have limited energy. We are not infinite energy beings. You've got limited time, limited energy, put that energy into things that you know you can do well and leadership becomes a lot easier. Mm
0: -hmm. You wouldn't by chance be recommending delegating those things to other people. (gasps) Never.
1: What? (laughs) And not just like delegating to some random person, but Find people, surround yourself with people who have different strengths from you. Mm. You are awesome. Dear listener, you are awesome. Guarantee it, 100%. But do you want a team full of people that are only good at the things you're good at? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Or do you want to surround yourself with people who know the things you don't? Hopefully the latter. And if the former, then we've got some work to do.
0: I like it. Yeah, there's. We don't want to actually be good as at at everything, which like hurts the the former version of myself to even contemplate saying mm-hmm. that. I don't want to be perfect at everything, but we have a set of skills. We have a set of things that we are innately, inherently good at. Go, mm-hmm. so do them, use them, grow them, and not to say not to work on your areas of opportunity. But if you can do something fairly well, someone else can do your quote unquote weakness much more easily than you can, Mm -hmm. that just makes more sense than for you to twiddle your thumbs trying to force something to work when you don't want to. You build up that resentment like you talked about and it's just, it's a waste of time, right? If somebody else on your Mm team can do it better and more quickly.
1: That and if you're trying to be good at everything, you will be great at nothing.
0: Yes, so true. I <laughs> Again, hurts my little heart to say that in one degree, I know. But it kills
1: my box checker self.
0: Right? <laughs> but it's very true of going back, like you said, with the priorities of having a few and really dedicating to that. Don't take everything that you've ever dipped your toe into and run with it. Pick the stuff that really makes sense for you Mm -hmm. because there should be no guilt, shame, force, resistance around showing up with your skill set. 100%. More than 100%, right? Letting other people shine, just like you said, growing other leaders. Yes. Anything else that you want to share with us today?
1: Oh my gosh, there's so much, but... (laughs) <laughs> for, for time's sake, if you want to have a conversation, like come hang out on Instagram. I am a millennial. That's where I hang out. No shame in my Instagram game. Okay. But I love having conversations with people. Let's talk about how to find your strengths. Let's talk about, you know, what it means to be a Enneagram MBTI, blah, de, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about how you can lead your family and your people at work at the same time, even if you're not the boss. Let's talk.
0: Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. And as someone who follows you on Instagram, yes, fellow millennial, like I I understand other platforms, but Instagram's my jam. Instagram's worth (laughs) that yours and your podcast. There's just so much goodness. And I really like when you talk about leadership, you gave so many examples from personal life, professional life, entrepreneur life in today's episode but you do that throughout your pages you do that throughout your your brand presence online and you just do one I want to tell you personally that you do a fabulous job of doing that but you also role model it every day like you are sharing the content to help other people step into their leadership across the board so seriously guys go go follow sarah Go follow Beyond Leadership. Everything will be in the show notes linked. Don't worry about it. Um, but you're just, Sarah, you are an amazing leader, amazing woman. And I'm just so appreciative that you were here to share all your goodness with us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I I loved our conversation.
0: All the random tangents. <laughs> all
1: of it. All of it. Everything from like, yeah, just all of it.
0: Because <laughs> it's authentic. Right? It's part of life. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. We appreciate you being here with us. And like I said, go connect with this woman. She's absolutely, absolutely amazing. You will get so much out of it. Um, website, Instagram, podcast, all the things in the show notes and I will catch you next week. Alrighty, so there we have it for this week's episode of the Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship Podcast. It has been my pleasure being here with you today. If you've got any questions of any sort, go ahead and find me on Instagram at Chrissy Mellinger or submit a form through my website, chrissymellinger.com and I will get back to you personally. Otherwise, if you enjoyed this episode, episode and want to hear more like it, be sure to subscribe, follow, and submit a review so I can make sure that the good stuff keeps on coming. Can't wait to be back with you next week. Enjoy your day.